Let's give a round of applause to our worship team this morning. All right. Well done, especially Randy, Sierra, and Tori. Well done. Thank you so much. Good morning. Merry Christmas. Hey, the ushers are going to be passing out the, the handouts uh, today. Uh, I hope you're not the only one, Hank. We, can we get some more? Oh, there they are. There's the ushers right there, Nate and Sam. We're going to give one to everybody, including children today. So everyone gets a handout today. So make sure that uh, we get every single person accounted for today. Hey, as, we, as we're uh, getting ready uh, for our, our time in, in the Word and, and our, our message this morning, our family service message, I did want to make mention that right now, uh, as we speak, well, actually in about 25 minutes or so, uh, uh, Jesse and Christina are scheduled to, uh, to be uh, induced for labor. Um, so baby Sadie is going to be coming very, very soon into this world. And we want to be praying for them as, as John and Nate prayed uh, earlier, just praying for Jesse and Christina that uh, all would go well and that uh, we would be able to welcome this, their first baby. A little girl, Sadie, into the world. So we're looking forward to that. Also, as you uh, go through the rest of these uh, next few days, keep in mind the Haiti team. Doug Harrison, uh, Carrie and Mike Gibson, along with uh, their sons, uh, Jake and Jude, are all in Haiti right now, along with others, serving the children and bringing them Christmas gifts. Uh, some of you might have seen some updates if you're on Facebook. Uh, we've been posting some, uh, some updates as well on our church page. Be sure to be praying for the team in Haiti as they continue to minister to the children there and, and bring them a Merry Christmas. Well, um, before we pray, I wanted to make mention of one more group of people because they, they got honored last week, but I wanted to honor them one more time. Children, if you were in the Coast Kids musical, We Three Spies, would you please stand up where you are and be recognized? All right. Wow. We had an amazing play. Okay, you can be seated. We had an amazing play uh, last Sunday night. We Three Spies. It was incredible. All the kids did an, an amazing job. All the parents, all the grandparents, the friends and neighbors that came, we were wowed. And uh, we really appreciated that. And special thanks uh, to uh, Estella Harnett in the back. Thank you, Estella, for being our director. Thank you so much. All right, one more thing. One more thing for the kids. Kids, today, I need your help. I need your help. I need you to color. Don't color yet, but I have four baskets of crayons. Will all the children walk slowly up here, and I want you to get five crayons, just five. Walk slowly. Find five crayons. There's some baskets over there behind you. Five crayons. Here's some more baskets. Get five crayons and head back to your seats. And if anyone else needs a handout, John's got a few more in the middle there. Five crayons. Get five. Pick five and then head back to your seats. Hurry. You almost got them. I know it's hard to choose. Girls, don't forget pink. Right, Zoe? Is pink your favorite? Okay, go get it. Go get a pink one. All right. Good job, kids. Five crayons and head back to your seat, and we're going to pray as we begin our time together. 
Okay, let's go. We got it. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, head back, head back. Tom, Tom, why are you the last one, Tom? Did it take you that long to pick your colors? Oh, for bread. Okay, okay. He he sent you up there. Okay. (laughs) Hey, let's pray. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you because you came this Christmas season. We look back 2,000 years ago and we remember your birth. You came for us. Father, thank you for sending your son to us. And Lord, thank you for your spirit who is with us every day. I pray today, Lord, as we enter into this final week of the Advent season, that you would impress upon our hearts the scriptures and the songs and the stories of old that remind us, Lord, of your coming, of your living, dying, and rising again for us. We honor you this season, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. All right. Kids, I want to tell you a story. No coloring yet. Adults, I want to tell you a story too. The title of this message, part two of our little Christmas series, The Songs of Christmas. Part two, and I'm not going to mention the name just yet of the name of the song because I want to share the story first. Here it is. On April the 6th, 1810, that is a long time ago, over 200 years ago, 1810, today is 2014. On April the 6th, 1810, a baby was born in the little farm town of Sandusfield, Massachusetts. His name was Edmund Hamilton Sears. Edmund was born into a God-fearing Christian home. He worked on a family farm. And all the while as he worked, he would recite in his head the poems that his father had taught him. He loved that farm. In fact, he loved it so much and, and he imagined and played so much on that farm that one day he told his friend Chandler He says that when he looked across the farm, across the plains, and he looked to the foothills of the farm, off in the distance, he imagined that the hills were filled with angels, bright-robed messengers coming and going on their errands of love. Now, children, if you have a handout, open it up right here in the middle and read with me in the top left. It says, kids or adults, when, you're going to learn that he's a a pastor here, when Reverend Edmund Sears was a little boy, he would look to the hills on the farm and he would pretend to see God's angels coming and going from heaven to earth. This inspired him to write a very special Christmas song. Can you draw a picture of the angels announcing the birth of Jesus? Can you draw a picture of the angels on the hills that came to announce the birth of Jesus? 
As I continue to tell the story, I'd like to see those angels. Well, Edmund on the farm, he was good at school. He wasn't just good on the farm, he was good at school. And so when he finally left the family farm, when he was 21 years of age, he entered Union College in New York. He won a prize in college for his poetry that had been taught him by his father. Then he went on to a little school called Harvard College, later to be named Harvard University. He spent four years at Harvard learning about uh, a a great variety of subjects, including Christianity, including religion. In fact, he was so devoted to his theological study, he loved reading the Bible, that as he left Harvard, he decided to become a missionary. Well, back then, there was a, a, a number of places he could have gone to be a missionary. Of course, you can be a missionary wherever you are, but he chose to go from Massachusetts all the way to a very far and distant land. And in 1838, Edmund Sears became a missionary to the faraway land of Toledo, Ohio. (laughs) You laugh. No one knew where Toledo, Ohio was in 1838. It was unexplored territory, the new frontier. Not many lived there. He traveled westward and became a missionary in Ohio. But his mission's work was cut a little bit short as he desired to settle in to find a wife and to start a family. And so he returned after a year of missions work back to Massachusetts where he grew up and he came to serve at a little church called the First Parish Church in the town of Wayland, Massachusetts, a town that reminded him of his childhood days. That little church, when Edmund was 28 years old, called him to serve them because of his good character and his good preaching. And Reverend Sears, Edmund Sears, he loved that little church and he loved that town and it reminded him so much of his childhood. Well, the next year, he did end up finding a wife. Edmund married a woman named Ellen and together they dreamed of raising a family but as they dreamed, they realized that the little farm church in Wayland, Massachusetts, was too small to support a family. They could barely support their pastor, let alone his wife, and if kids were to come, well, uh, Edmund was concerned that the church would not be able to support his family. So reluctantly, he decided to move to a bigger town and a bigger church. In 1840, Edmund and his wife moved to Lancaster to serve at the Congregational Church, but he missed his farm town church. And in time, Reverend Sears came to learn that bigger is not always better. He endured many, many illnesses in Lancaster. He battled depression. It was hard to lead such a big church And Reverend Sears was overwhelmed by the state of mankind. There was so much strife and conflict among many. So after seven, seven long years 
in Lancaster. Seven years filled with bouts of depression and illness. Reverend Sears and his wife decided to leave Lancaster. He didn't know where to go. He didn't know where to go. And so he prayed and he prayed. And God reminded Edmund of the little town from which he had come. The little town of Wayland, where there was a little farm church that could not support him a few years back. But perhaps now he might return. And so he decided with his wife to return to Wayland. And as he entered the doors of the church, they still were looking for another pastor. They were so excited to have Edmund back that they decided to ask him back as their pastor in 1848 when Edmund was 38 years of age. Edmund was so excited. He got to return home to those that he loved, to the church that he loved and the town that he loved. And as he returned, the very next year, 1849, Edmund Sears looked back upon his life and the state of the world. He was still deeply troubled that there was slavery going on in his country, deeply troubled by that. He was very sad that there were many wars raging in Europe and that in his own country they had just finished a brutal war with Mexico. He was very sad about these things, the state of the world. He thought, too, how sad it was. Many in his, of his uh, day were traveling westward to a new place in search of riches and gold in a place called California. You kids know where California is? Where is it, Jake? We're in it? I did not know that. They were going to California to find gold and money. And Edmund was so sad that people were just focused on money. War, slavery, money, such things were very upsetting to him. And he realized that so many people were losing their way. They did not remember what was truly important in life. They were losing sight of Jesus. And so in December of 1849... Reverend Sears sat down at his desk to write a song. He wrote a song about the world, the sad state of the world. But more importantly, he wrote a song about Jesus and how he was born to change the world. When he finished his song, he sent word out to all his parishioners to all the members of the church that he had written a new Christmas song and that he wanted them to come and sing it with him. And so on a snowy Christmas Eve in 1849, all the people of First Parish Church in Wayland, Massachusetts and many others of the town got together in horse-drawn sleighs to ride to Reverend Sears' home that Christmas Eve to sing a new song that he had written. It was a Christmas carol that was only sung by a handful of people that Christmas Eve night. And though they did not know it at the time, it turns out that his song was actually the first ever Christmas carol written in America by an American. In time, it would be sung by countless millions of people around the world. And do you know 
what the name of that song is? Some in that day, to some in that day, it was known as the angel's song. But to Reverend Sears, he called it, It Came Upon the Midnight Clear. Would you guys like to sing it? Good. I'm going to invite Estella up, and as she comes, as you sing it, I want you to imagine for a moment that you are on the farm in Wayland, Massachusetts, that you, like Edmund, are on the farm, growing up, pretending to look to the foothills and seeing angels from heaven coming and going, announcing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want you to listen to these words. They're on your outline in the front. Listen to these words and listen to the state of the world, how the world is, and I want you to listen for the words of hope proclaimed by the angels. Let's all stand together and let's sing It Came Upon the Midnight Clear.
Stella, you may be seated. It came upon the midnight clear, that glorious song of old, from angels bending near the earth to touch their harps of gold. Peace, peace on the earth, goodwill to men, from heaven's all-gracious king. The world in solemn stillness lay to hear the angels sing. Kids, what is, what is that song talking about? What is it talking about? It came upon a midnight clear. What came? What came? What came upon a midnight clear? Griffin. Yes, the angels came. And it says that the, they came in the nighttime. It says they came upon a midnight clear, that glorious song of old. They, were, they came singing. What did they come to sing? Alice, what did they come to sing? I heard you. What did they sing? Someone else. What did the angels come to sing about? Lincoln. They came to give glory to God. That's right. And why were they so excited? Why were they glorifying God? Who had been born when the angels were singing, Griffin? Jesus. That's right. Jesus. It came upon the midnight clear, that glorious song of old. It came from angels bending near the earth as they touched their harps of gold. And this is what they said. Peace on the earth, goodwill to all men from heaven's all-gracious king. Who's the king? Jesus, that's right. The world in solemn stillness lay as they watched the angels sing. We read about these angels in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. It says a little bit about the story. The shepherds were out in their flock. Listen to this, verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in their fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were sore afraid, says Charlie Brown, says Linus. <laughs> then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger, and suddenly, listen to this, verse 13, suddenly there was with the angel a multitude, an innumerable amount, a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Kids, you drew a picture about this, didn't you? Some of you were drawing it. Can I see some of those pictures? Who has a picture of the angels? Bring it forward, Lucy. I want to see yours, Luce. Ronan, let me see yours. And Rocco, let me see yours. Oh, my goodness. Can you guys see the angel? Wow. Look at that. 
Ronan, let me see yours. Come here, Rocco. Oh, okay, I'll, okay, Zoe, you're the last one. I can't call everybody up. I'll call more people up in just a minute. Look at this one. Look at that one. Angels. All right, Zoe, you're up. You're up. Oh, I like this one. Wait, right, right there. Look at this one. Wow. Good job, Zoe. I like that. All right, Luce. Oh, my goodness. This, wow. This is really good. Look at that. Look at that angel. Well done, Luce. Good job. Give him a hand. All right. Wow. That's, that's what this song is talking about. The birth of Jesus. The time at which the angels came 2,000 years ago to the shepherds out in the fields. And the angels announced this glorious, glorious song of old. That there would be peace on the earth. The goodwill was coming to all mankind because heaven's all gracious king was to be born. The angels' announcement, their message changed the world, and the world sat in solemn stillness. We sat and watched. Verse 2. But something starts to happen. Verse 2, listen. You can read it on the front of your page. Still, through the cloven skies, they come. They still come. With peaceful wings unfurled. And still their heavenly music floats over all the weary world. Above its sad and lowly plains, they bend on hovering wing. And ever over its babble sounds, the blessed angels sing. It's a unique way of putting things. Did you read the beginning of verse 2 of the song? Still through the cloven skies they come. Edmund is writing here and he's saying the angels, they're, they're still there. Over all the weary world, they're still there. The announcement of the angels, the song of the angels is still being sung today. But something's happened. Something's happened to the weary world. We've stopped listening. Edmund Sears describes the world and he calls it a sad and a lowly plain. He says the angels are singing, but the world, the world is filled with babble sounds. What are babble sounds? What are babble sounds? Babble, I've heard that word before. Who knows where babble comes from? Do you know where it comes from? Sam, where's it come from? Babylonian army. Babylonian army? You, you're getting close, I think. Does anybody remember the word babble? Bennett, do you remember the word babble? The Tower of Babel? Ooh. Bennett, do you know what happened at the Tower? Do you, where, where was the Tower of Babel in the Bible? Do you remember? You don't remember? It's in the book of Genesis. Does anybody know where it is? What chapter it is? Griffin, do you know? Where was the Tower of Babel? Adults, do you know? Adults? Bennett? 11, you're right. Good job. What happened in the Tower of Babel? What happened in the story? 
Nate, what happened in the Tower of Babel story? They thought they could build a tower to heaven without God's help. Great answer, Nate. Very nice job. That's right. The people of the world, they were united. They were one. And they were prideful. They were sinful. They all believed of one accord that they could build a tower, a staircase to heaven, that they could reach the highest heights, that they themselves could be like God. The ideas in their mind among those building the Tower of Babel, the thoughts in their heart, they believed that they knew what was best for them. They believed that they knew how to live their life, that they didn't need God, that they themselves could do the great things that only God could do. And so when it says in our song, in verse 2, that the angels are bending down to the earth on hovering wing and ever over the babble sounds the blessed angels sing. That is to say, as the angels pronounce still today the coming of Jesus Christ, the world, babble sounds, pride, cold and dark hearts, a desire for power, the world is sinful. Babel sounds are coming from the people. Sounds that words and, and ideas and philosophies that are not from God, but rather come from the enemy. The angels are singing still. Still through the cloven skies they come with peaceful wings unfurled and still the heavenly music floats over all the weary world, above its sad and lowly plains, they bend on hovering wing, and ever over its babble sounds, the babble sounds of this world, the blessed angels sing. The world has lost our way. Jesus has come. The angels have announced it. Still today, we proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ as written in God's holy word, the Bible. But the people of the world have stopped listening. And when they open their mouth, it's babble sounds. Instead of receiving the gospel and the peace of Jesus, they've turned to sin and to death, to war and to pain. Read verse 3. We didn't sing it, but let's read it together. Listen to this. Verse 3. Rarely sung, by the way. It's not even in your hymnal. This is in the original. Yet with the woes of sin and strife, the world has suffered long. Beneath the angel strain have rolled 2,000 years of wrong. And man at war with man hears not the love song which they bring. Oh, hush the noise, ye men of strife, and hear the angels sing. And ye beneath life's crushing load, whose forms, our forms are bending low, who toil along the climbing way with painful steps and slow, look now. For glad and golden hours come swiftly on the wing. O oh, rest beside the weary world, the weary road, and hear the angels sing. Kids, in verses 2, 3, and 4 of our song, the world has forgotten the hope of the angels' announcement. 
They've forgotten the hope of the angel's song, that Jesus has come. And I'm going to ask you on the other side of this page right here, on the other side of this page, can you draw this world, this, this, oh, this world that has forgotten the song of the angels? Can you draw a world filled with sad and weary people? who have forgotten to listen to the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I want to see a world that is broken by sin and by death, filled with sad and weary people who have forgotten the message of Jesus. Can you draw a broken world? Go ahead, kids. See if you can draw a broken world. 1849, 1849 was the year this song was written. And I ask you, friends, has anything changed? In verse 3, the woes of sin and strife, 2,000 years of wrong, man at war with man, hearing not the message of love proclaimed by the angels. Look at verse 4. What is the state of our lives? He describes it as a crushing load. A crushing load. Ever feel like that? That life is just crushing you? Crushing you. That the load is is so heavy that you're bending low, he says in verse 4, as you painfully toil to go another day. I felt that crushing load. I felt it this week. <laughs> I felt it this morning when my car didn't start. Yeah. That was fun. Where do you turn for relief when life is crushing you? The world? <laughs> the world. The sad and weary world. Well, they've got some answers for you. Their answers are, good luck with that. That's the world's answer. The world's answer when life gets tough is, hey, good luck with that. We're going to continue on our way. Be warm, well fed. Not so for the Christian. The Christian may forget, may forget at times, where to go when times get tough. But looking again at the scriptures, we find our answer. When life's load is crushing, as was mentioned in verse 4 of our song, 160 years ago, when life's load is crushing, we return to the words of Christ. Come to me, Jesus says, Luke eleven twenty eight. Come to me. Come to me, Jesus says, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Our salvation, Christians, to those of you who may not know Christ, let it be very clearly stated. Our salvation is found 
by believing in Christ as our Savior. But not only that, our life is sustained by walking with Jesus, by giving him life's crushing load. Reverend Sears, who wrote this carol, is reminding us to listen to the angel's song of 2,000 years ago, a song that is still being sung today. And he's saying to us, hush the noise. Verse 3, hush the noise, ye men of strife, and hear the angels sing. Hush the noise of the world. Hush the noise of the babel sounds. Hush the noise of the, the power and the lust and the pride and the things that you think are fulfilling, that you've been taught by the world are fulfilling. Hush that noise. Quiet it. Hear the angels sing. Listen to what the angels are singing. Rest, verse 4, beside the weary road and hear the angels sing. The hope of Jesus coming is not merely a past hope. It's not merely something that has happened 2,000 years ago. The angel song continues because the hope of Jesus' coming is still yet to come. Now, kids, kids, I hope you're almost done drawing your sad and weary world because the best picture is yet to come. But first, let me see this sad and weary world that you've, that you've drawn. Some new people. Lincoln, come forward. I want to see a sad and weary world. Someone new. Bennett, come forward. Hi. Okay, let's see it. Oh, look at that. These, these are very sad people here. This is a very sad and weary world right there. Thank you, Lincoln. Very nice job. Okay, wow, look at this. This is beautiful. Look at this sad and weary world right here. Very sad. Good job. What's your name again? I remember, but tell me again. What's that? I'm sorry, I missed it. Lily, thank you, Lily, thank you so much. I, I can't believe I forgot it. Goodness me. Wow, Bennett, look at that. Look at Bennett's very sad and weary world. Very sad. And in fact, one of them, one of them, it, it, he even wrote the word dark. It's very dark. Jake, last one. Come here, Jake. What do you got? Oh, look at that. Is this, yeah, the sad and weary, oh, look at that, those sad faces. And that's, and that's Jesus over there. He's, he's getting ready to come. Wow, look at the sad and weary world. There are very sad faces there. Thank you very much, Jake. Good job. All right. Well, we've drawn the angels. They brought hope. We've drawn the sad and weary world when they didn't listen to the angel's song. The best is yet to come. Let's read verse 5 of our song. Verse 5, he says this, Edmund writes, For lo, the days are hastening on by prophets seen of old, when with the ever-circling years shall come the time foretold, when peace shall over all the earth its ancient splendors fling, and the whole world send back the song which now the angels sing. Children, this is a tough one. What does Edmund mean 
when he says that there is a time foretold, a time foretold by the prophets, when peace shall come over all the earth, what day is that going to be in the future? What day is Edmund thinking about? Sierra, what day is he thinking about? What? He has been thinking about Jesus' birth, and now he's looking even further into the future. And what is he so excited about as he looks to the future when he thinks about Jesus? What's Jesus going to do in the future? What's he going to do in the future? Lexi, the second coming of Jesus. That's right. As Sierra said, they have been the, the, the excitement of the birth of Jesus has brought great hope. And as Lexi just said, the second coming, the next time Jesus comes, that is a time that is spoken of in verse 5 of our song. The, the second coming of Jesus. What does he write at the end of verse 5? He says, the whole world is going to send back the song which now the angels sing. On the last day, when Jesus returns, the whole world will sing back what the angels sang 2,000 years ago. Do you know that that's precisely what happens in the book of Revelation? When Jesus returns, there are songs, sung in wor- songs that are sung in worship to God from those in heaven and those on earth. In fact, one such, such song... That's a tongue twister. One such song is listed in Revelation chapter 15, verse 3. It says this, They sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the saints. Who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy, and all nations shall come and worship before you, for your judgments have been made known. All right, kids, last one. Go to the back, the very back. Our Christmas carol ends with great hope in verse 5. The angel's message will not be forgotten forever. Jesus is coming again to bring peace on earth and one day the whole world will echo back the angel's song about Jesus the Savior. Can you draw this wonderful day? Kids, can you draw the day when Jesus comes back and the whole world sings back the song of the angels? Can you draw the, the second coming of Jesus when he comes to earth? Can you draw that day? Friends, Christmas is, uh, is not just about the past. It's not just an old story. Um, it's not just a, uh, a historical uh, fact in time that a man named Jesus was born. It's so much more than that. Christmas is about the present time. The angel's song is still being sung. Much of mankind is not listening. and hasn't been even during the time of Edmund in 1849. They've been distracted by war. So have we. 
They've been distracted by pride and power and lust and the desire for riches, and so have we. And despite life's crushing loads, so much of the world just, just carries on, wishing one another, hey, good luck with that. My question to you is very simple today as we close this time together. Are you listening to the angel's song? Because if you listen carefully, you'll hear it being sung now. That peace on earth, the song they sang 2,000 years ago, is still only through Christ. Peace only through Christ. Peace in the world, only through Christ. Peace in your family, only through Christ. Peace in your heart, only through Christ. If you're unsettled, it's because you're not looking to Jesus for peace. Goodwill toward all men. The the goodness of God has come and is resident in the Lord. When you're looking for what is good, for what is harmonious, what is edifying and helpful, good, it is always found in, in God. It is always found in His Word. It is never found in the Babel sounds. The song will be echoed back on the last day to all, by all who have trusted Jesus as Savior. And every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The hope is, is that we would do it willingly from a heart that has been changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ and by his spirit that indwells us when we believe in him for our salvation. The hope is is that when our knees bend and our voices go up to confess Jesus as Lord, the hope is, is that we would have done it here on earth. So that when we get to heaven and when we enjoy the beauty of the new creation that God has for us on the new earth, we could, with the angels, echo back that glorious song. For lo, the days are hastening on by prophets seen of old, when with the ever-circling years shall come the time foretold, when peace shall over all the earth its ancient splendors fling, and the whole world send back the song which now the angels sing. I hope you will be ready to sing with the angels when Jesus comes again. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, God, for uh, a time to meditate upon your birth, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for a time to meditate upon the waywardness of this world. We have forgotten our way, Lord. The world around us is forgotten. The greatest of minds, greatest of philosophies, the greatest of man-made ideas, Lord, babble sounds. Just babble sounds to you. And we too have found them unfulfilling. We found them wanting and lacking. We're looking for peace and goodness Oh, Lord, it's found in you. 
It's found in you. So Lord, help us again to listen afresh to the angel's proclamation, the angel's song that Jesus Christ is King. And as we hear that song, let us echo it back to you in in confession, in faith, knowing full well, Lord, that it is in Christ that we receive salvation and that it, it is in Christ that we receive sustenance for every day on this earth. Let us sing with the angels, Lord, that glorious song of old. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.